So we were um, very fast paced. We wanted to get into those markets very quickly. We're not a name that was really known there. So really, mm. what was our what was our proposition? What was our value proposition? Um, because we couldn't offer like really competitive, um, really competitive um, benefits mm. like established organisations. And plus, we had like a few months to to set up, and those things take time. Welcome to the All In Recruitment Podcast by Manatel, where we explore best practices, learnings, and trends with leaders in the recruitment space. If you like our content, please subscribe to our channels on YouTube and Spotify to stay tuned for weekly episodes. My name is Lydia, and joining us today is Felicia Squire of Wild Brain. Pleasure to have you with us, Felicia. Thank you, Lydia. Thank you for having me today. Felicia, tell us a little bit, walk us through your background. Um, You've been in HR and talent space for most part of your career, I understand, right? I have, yes. I've worked for a range of different sectors and sizes of companies. So I've worked for -for not-for-profit, government, um, fast-moving consumer goods. And where I am now, I've worked in the tech space. And where I am now is about creativity and um, children's and, and family content TV. So a very wide variety of industries and experience, but the the talent issues and the HR issues and opportunities are all very similar in all those organizations, just different companies at different journeys throughout their throughout their um strategic journey. And you are people director at Wildbrain. I mean, it's been a, a year and a half now, we're talking pretty sure. So what were some areas you've you've prioritized for, for this industry, bringing all that experience from different sectors that you were in into the creative industry. Uh, what might be some areas that you've looked at uh, during this time? Yeah, so we've um, one of the key focuses in the last um, year and a half has really been about expansion. So we've expanded into the APAC market and we've opened offices in Singapore, in China and across the region. So it was really about bringing in the right talent, um, especially in the post-COVID world, mm-hmm. um, making sure that we not just about what we need now, but what we need in the future, making sure that that, that talent was um, aligned to our future strategic goals. So the last year and a half has just really been about growth and expansion and make, 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 sorry, make sure those individuals were really onboarded into the business, understood the business, as well as people who are already established in the business, really understanding the different cultural contexts. Right. And and what might be some complexities around expansion, you know, into a, a totally different market um, that that um, is new for the business and also new for HR in terms of bringing a culture together? It's one of the, the first ones was really about um, the packages that we were offering. So we were um, very fast paced. We wanted to get into those markets very quickly. We're not a name that was really known there. So really, mm. what was our what was our proposition? was our value proposition uh, because we couldn't offer like really competitive um really competitive um benefits mm. like established organizations and plus we had like a few months to, to set up and those things take time so it's really about okay other than just compensation and, and benefits what are, what is our value proposition so it's really about bringing people on who could build the business with us who have that entrepreneurial spirit who were who were um ready and willing to build and really establish a business from the ground up and then those pieces all those other pieces would would um come together as the business has become more established so it's really about really defining what our value proposition mm. was and i see that while brain 
emphasizes obviously creativity and also collaboration, right? So what sort of tactics or what kind of strategy uh, in terms of talent have, has been put in place to reflect these values and what steps are taken maybe to attract the candidates who embody these values? Yeah, so we've ha- it's, we're on a journey and we're still on that journey. Mm-hmm. Um, so some of the things that we have done is really about having matrix organisations rather than having this country is this country, this country pulls into this country. We actually just have more collaborative. So we have our our um, our, our sense of excellence, mm. call it that if you want to call it that. But then every department has like a matrix line or um, reporting line. So you have to, you have to collaborate. There's no way we can do business without collaborating. Every country, every department needs the other department to be able to function. So we make sure that we on board and individuals know where they fit into the organization which teams they need to go which teams they need to collaborate with to, to get things done and we also embodied that throughout our um for our through all of our policies and procedures mm. and our guidance um so we don't just focus on like how you bring the cells in or how you or not just focus on you know the numbers that you bring in but the how as well so we look at the we really look at the values so it's not just the what but the how you do that in terms of, you know, compared to your previous experience in all those different sectors, what might be a differentiating factor? What might be unique about this particular vertical or this industry or talent space in this industry? I think probably just the post-COVID world, navigating mm-hmm. the complexities in, in the post-COVID world. Um, every country is different in terms of, like, if you look at hybrid working, um the the future of work every country is in different in different stages mm-hmm. so we've run our offices they want to go in five days a week other other um, teams don't want to go in at all so it's really about understanding those global complexities and just really trying to understand um what's going on there rather than um having like a blanket mm-hmm. global approach we're trying to localize it as much as possible so we've got these people coming in and you've opened a brand new office with a new proposition. But how do you foster that environment which not only um, attracts the right kind of talent, but also prepares them to for long-term success or rather nurtures this talent? Yeah, so I think it's really about setting expectations very early on, making sure people have meaningful and purposeful work, make sure that what you sold at the interview is actually what the role is. A lot mm. of times it's misalignment in terms of what's sold and what the role is so just being very open and honest from the beginning of what the role is making sure individuals have a clear career path so they know exactly where they can go to and because the organization is so complex and global it's not all just um linear i think that those days are gone now but look making sure individuals can see that okay i might not be able to go linear this quickly but actually the opportunities for me to do lateral moves or to gain more skills and more experience so really having hybrid skill sets hybrid um career um career moves um and then also we we often do exit interviews one time when people are leaving um and this is not just doing this is just um, overall but we never really understand why people stay so really understand it from people who've been in the business we have people who've been here for like 30 years 25 years mm. 50 years. what is it that drives them what is it that gets them to stay and really making sure that we we really continue to foster that and motivate employees and um really really not just look at what we're not doing very well but what do we do well and really excelling in that as well making sure we sell that and make sure that's available to all employees globally 
So the creative field, burnout, can be quite a concern, right? You've got passionate people working in the creative field, but at the same time, you know, that can easily turn into burnout if if uh, it's not managed correctly. So what initiatives do you think can be put in place to minimize or maybe even prevent this altogether? Yeah, burnout is definitely um, an issue, not just in creative space, but mm-hmm. um, industries. I think one of the main things that initiatives that can be put in place is really about focus, really um, making sure that the work we're doing, is it what is it achieving the strategic goals? Sometimes we just do things because we've always done it, but um, what is, do we need to do this? Can it be automated? If it can be automated, let's shift it and automate. Um, really understand, making sure that managers are equipped because um, a lot of times managers, as we know, are promoted into mm. these positions. They have this technical skill set, but they haven't got the people management um, um, skills, not because they haven't, well, because they haven't got it, but because they have never done it before. So really should, making sure that those managers are very key in that burnout piece. So mm. we're equipping our managers to um, have open and honest conversations, making sure our culture actually allows individuals to have that open and honest conversation and um, that managers can support their employees um, with well-being, in their well-being and, and recognise and spot the signs of burnout and make sure we can take steps to, to support that. And a lot of these, a lot of this uh, management of this comes down to communication right? and also an and overall culture that that. Uh, everyone buys into in order to make sure that okay I'm, I'm sharing this burden with you and we're doing this together and we're in this together and that is pretty much a cohesive sort of work yeah. approach right so in terms of you know, going back to uh, all the uh, different expansion or the the APAC expansion that you're talking about this simply means that there will be more international offices so how how do you promote a cohesive culture across these international offices? Some things, are, um, we're on a journey, we've only been doing it for a year yeah. and a half. One, yeah. one of the main things that we've done is, um, and it might sound really, like, really basic, um, but just respecting different time zones is a, is a big mm. thing. So what but we found... It's very that's fundamental to everything else, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so one of the things that we were finding is that meetings were being booked in at, like, 9 o'clock, like, not necessarily urgent meetings, but just like normal standing team meetings were being booked at nine o'clock because it was convenient for um, the team in the UK and Europe. But actually just shifting to remember that, yes, people will join the call, but no, it's not okay to have it at nine o'clock every week. So little, little things like understanding mm. um, things like, little things like time zones. Um, when we opened up the offices in, in APAC, we we introduced like um, a mentor system where all the new joiners were signed up with somebody in Europe who um, who were in a similar role to them so they can ask questions, really understand the business um, and then for the people in Europe as well to understand the market and the complexities. So really it was, it's been a lot of education um, for on both sides but mm-hmm. one of the main things was really about um, that time zone piece. Another piece that we're looking at now also is that um, our organisational structures, it doesn't necessarily work as well in some of the other cultures that we work with. So how can we flex and how can we make sure that um, we're not just doing a one size fits all, but looking at those local nuances and seeing how we can adapt and change to make sure that um, we are meeting the overall needs of our business and local 
And um, I imagine that might be uh, a long-term sort of, um, it's, it's, it's a long-term uh, yeah. project or it's a long-term effort uh, in finding out what these different uh, nuances are like in, in various markets, right? So who might be the stakeholders involved in this? Yeah, so the, the leadership team definitely have to un- understand that and be committed to kind of drive some of those those changes. Um, and we just have this, we have to have this culture that people shouldn't be so sensitive or defensive because we're all in it to for the same goal, really. Um, so just pe- pe- um, the senior leadership team really take the lead in terms of making sure that those, those cultures are understood and feeding that back to their teams, really encouraging people to um, understand different cultures and we actually um before we opened up the offices in APAC we actually bought this particular book I can't remember what it's called now but we gave that to all of our leaders so they can read that the book and really understand different cultures so when somebody mm. from one culture might not be very vocal on on a team's met call doesn't mean they're disengaged doesn't mean that they don't know what they're talking about it just means it's a different culture and just mm. being able to invite people into those conversations rather than just assume because they're being quiet that they have nothing to contribute. So just making people aware of that and really the leaders, team leadership team, really owning those conversations. So in terms of the hiring process itself, so what steps do you think might make that process seamless and, and effective and bring results? And what might be the role of technology uh, in, in this regard? Yeah, so I'll take, I'll take it in two different stages. I'll look at the process and I'll look at technology mm-hmm. as well. I think the first one is just really having a clear understanding of what the role expectations are. Um, I think um, a lot of times organisations can tend to oversell or missell a role and then we end up in this in the same circle and we're recruiting people again and again. So I think being very open, transparent, making sure that everyone's very clear what the role is. And then in terms of the hiring process for a TA person and the hiring manager to be very clear in terms of what the process would be um, and not for the process to be too cumbersome. So it shouldn't be like three, four, five stages, but mm-hmm. just very clear of this is what the expectations are. This is what the process will be. And we can just move and move very quickly, it's especially in some markets, especially in APAC, we need to move with pace. Um, and then in terms of technology, it can be fantastic in terms of um speeding up that process so the TA so the TA person could do more the value add in terms of um speaking to the candidates validating and that the technology can actually sift out um when we have hundreds of applications um AI is is great um but I just think um recruiters have to have it in mind that some people write their CV using um the likes of chat chat um chat gbt so how do we make sure that we are validating mm-hmm. um validating what is on the cvs in in terms of workforce planning i'm, I'm not sure if you're already there with wildbrain but generally speaking how do you approach workforce planning for instance what might be some some ideas or thinking around it to make sure that the company is in the right place to they have the right talent to be able to adapt to different changes or trends in the market. Yeah, so the, the pace of change is just expanding yeah, so quickly. Um, so I think one of the, I would say, um, build or buy. So we're either going to bring in the talent in, in-house in or we're going to build. And I think it has to be a, a collaborative, like mm. a combination. 
by me to bring new talent in, but also have to build our current talent as well. So um, in my previous role, it was very, it was a te- education technology company. So we we're very about building the existing workforce, making sure they have the the skill set and the um, knowledge of the new technology and the skill set that's needed in the future. So it's a collaboration between the two. So in terms of workforce planning, we look to see what we need just for the next year. Um, when people leave the organisation, do we really need to fill the role in the same way? So that's a fantastic time to really, really evaluate what is it that we need. Then also look at what's the five-year plan of the company and what is the what people we need, what skill set we will need, and building that within our teams as well as bringing new talent in. I think is a is a is a good is a good balance to have a, the building and the buy-in of of talent into the organisation. And, and going back to um, these changes that you mentioned, you know, as you rightly mentioned, the changes are uh, so rapid and it's getting shorter in terms of intervals, yeah. right? And you're seeing that happening as you go along. So learning is definitely a key element in, in becoming a, a well-rounded or really informed talent acquisition professional. So on that note, what advice would you give someone who's starting out in talent acquisition today? Um. I would say really to understand the business, to really need to understand the business, understand what the, the market trends are and just keeping up to date with what those market trends are and really building a network of different talent acquisition um, partners as well as really um, building a pool of strong candidates in different sectors, different um, skill set. But the main thing I would say is really understand the business that you're that you're working with and, and supporting. Thank you so much, Felicia. It's been great having you on the show and, and you've been very generous with your insights as well. And I wish you all the best with your role at Wildframe. So do drop us your contact details if there's someone in the audience who want to pick up a conversation with you later. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, my con- You can catch me on LinkedIn. So my, my username on LinkedIn is Felicia Squire. And we have been in conversation with Felicia Squire of Wild Brain. Thank you for joining us. And remember to subscribe to stay tuned for more weekly episodes of All in the Room.